0: You're listening to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Son Baroi. Episode 39, Beyond Quick Fixes, Why Tackling Wellness Business Symptoms Falls Short. Welcome to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast, where it's all about genuine wellness, true hospitality, and real people. I'm your host, global wellness expert, Life coach and author Samalouberoy. Hello and welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, I'd like to address how we wellness leaders subconsciously end up falling into the trap we see our guests fall into when it comes to their well-being. That is, treat the symptom instead of the root cause. As wellness professionals, experts in helping our clients solve their well-being related problems, we would find it absurd if we saw our clients trying to treat the symptom instead of the root cause of their problem. For example, if a guest came to us complaining of strong headaches and after detailed consultation, we learned that the cause of their headaches was actually dehydration and not only the tight shoulder and back they thought was their core problem. We would not just try to remedy their tight shoulder or back with a massage because that is what the client wants. We would give them what they want, yes, but we would also see it as our professional duty to educate our guest on how the root cause was actually their diet. Because we know that deep down, our guest could continue to have massage after massage, but their headache, would never go until they solved the problem of dehydration. We know that as wellness professionals. We know that solving the symptoms only provides temporary relief. We know that if our clients want lasting change, they're going to have to address the root cause of their well-being related problem. However, when it comes to our wellness businesses, we seem to forget this basic notion. We end up acting like our clients. We end up trying the quick fixes that tackle the symptoms of our wellness business, that is, changing prices, bringing in new brands, updating our treatment menu, retraining our dreams, and so on, instead of digging deeper into the root cause, that is, the type of wellness concept we have in place. The big mistake we wellness leaders make is that we think the mere fact a hotel has a wellness offering, that is a full-blown spa and state-of-art gym, that that wellness offering is automatically an asset. In other words, a strong revenue and value contributor. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Just like not all business ideas become successful businesses, not all wellness ideas become successful businesses either. A lot more strategy, grit and effort need to go into making a great idea, a great business. And the same applies to our wellness businesses. This false myth is one of the reasons why wellness and hospitality does not have a track record of stellar performance. It is because the vast majority of wellness concepts have either been risks, opportunities, or worse still, liabilities. In today's episode, I share a clip from a recent LinkedIn live session where I talk about the importance of ensuring you have the right concept in place from the get-go, that asset for your particular property. Because if you don't have the right concept from the get-go, no matter what you do, change the wellness leader, change the few problematic team members, change prices, change menus, etc. It simply won't work. These are merely the symptoms of a bigger underlying problem, that is having the wrong concept in the first place. So without further ado, here's the clip. Hello from a very freezing Madrid. I hope you're all well from whichever part of the world you are watching. We can definitely see that winter is here. It's definitely here. And on this cold note today, what I'd like to talk about is how we wellness leaders can go beyond the quick fixes in our wellness business And why tackling the symptoms of our wellness business falls short as a strategy in terms of long-term and sustainable growth of our wellness businesses. Over the last couple of weeks, I have talked about the elephant in the room, how in-hospitality wellness leaders are the lowest paid specialist leader and we're talking about direct revenue generating departments if we want to call them departments we're still the lowest paid specialist leader and on top of that just because of the way the system has been set up the crystal ceiling is set so incredibly low for our wellness leaders and we our careers are incredibly short-lived And for those people who want to grow and who are more ambitious, the crystal ceiling is incredibly low. And while this situation, a lot of the situation, part of the situation, I'd better say, is beyond our control, it's just the way the industry has been set up. I can't help but think a very important part of the situation is actually within our control. Because if we're living this reality, we wellness leaders have also co created it. And the good news is there's a lot we can do actually to change it. But before going into how we can change that, I think it's important to address this false myth that many of us wellness leaders have. And it's a dangerous one. And I don't think it's going to serve us because. We are currently having, you know, there's this huge wellness movement happening across the globe, across industries, across companies. Wellness, without a doubt, has become that fancy word that, you know, that buzzword that we need to have in every industry. Right. And many people do not know the definition or if they do know the definition, they've made their own definition, which is fair enough. Right. However, this movement can be actually quite dangerous for our industry. Because it makes us think, or it actually kind of reaffirms our initial false belief, false thought that the mere fact that a hotel has a wellness offering means that that wellness offering is an asset. What does an asset mean? It is a very strong value and revenue contributor. And what I want to talk about today, how that is actually not true. Any business idea, no matter how amazing it is, requires far more thought, strategy and effort in order to make it a successful business. Now, that is just a fact. Any idea, you can have the best idea in the world. To actually translate that into successful business is a whole different ballgame. And you know what? the wellness business is no difference you can have an idea for a wellness offering or a wellness concept now to make that successful is a whole new ball game a whole different ball game and this is where many of us wellness leaders have gone wrong we have thought that just because a hotel has a full blown spa state of art gym that that automatically makes it an asset, that that automatically makes that wellness offering a strong value and revenue contributor. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So when we think that, we don't think that we need to change something about that idea in order to make it a successful business. And this is what has led wellness do not have that track record of stellar performance in hotels. This is why wellness in most hotels only barely makes up one to 3% of total hotel revenue. And that is fundamentally because the vast majority of wellness concepts aren't the right one for that particular hotel. So in essence, each hotelier, each wellness leader is betting on that wrong horse. And why that is the problem, the problem is actually twofold. The first one is no matter what you do, when you have the wrong concept, so you can change your brand, you can change your pricing strategy, you can change your wellness leader, you can change and then train your entire team, no matter what, tactic you do. If you do not have the right wellness concept in place, it simply will not work. And the second problem is that we as wellness leaders, when we encounter ourselves in this frustrating situation of trying To make a liability an asset and trying everything within our power to do to, to make it successful is that we either end up armoring up, shutting down or tap out. So we either lock horns with other departments, not be that flexible or give concessions when we should and need to think about the bigger picture. Trust me, been there, done that, got the t-shirt so many times. Or alternatively, we work ourselves to the ground. We retreat and we stay in our wellness world and we work ourselves to the ground in the hope that one day we can prove our worth as wellness leaders. Now, none of these strategies, tactic after tactic, or shutting ourselves down and locking horns, is going to serve our overall wellness business. And what we as wellness leaders really need to actually understand is that if we want to move that revenue needle from one to three percent to 20 or 30 percent what isn't going to get us there is what got us here we are in can't we simply cannot sell enough treatments products and services to make up 20 to 30 percent of total hotel revenue. We are going to have to employ strategies, a thought process that go far beyond the physical realm of our facilities. We're going to have to look at strategic collaborations. We're going to have to look at how technology and artificial intelligence can help us. We're also going to have to look at different types of business models. Not only that revenue management sell a treatment, sell a product. What about looking at subscription-based models? There's so many business models out there that we can employ, but we're only looking at one. And we're automatically thinking that the mere fact that a gym and a spa are in a hotel, then that just makes sure that, you know, that is that asset from the get go. And that we're going to make up that 20 to 30% of total hotel revenue one day. And that is why we deserve to be a higher paid specialist leader and why we deserve the crystal ceiling to, to be increased further. And the problem of that way of thinking is that if we don't shift the way we do business, we will never see the results we want to see in our hotels. And we will never see the results we want to see as wellness leaders. So today, what I wanted to invite our wellness leaders to do is if you're having problems with your wellness offering, If you're having problems and you're not seeing the results you want to see with your wellness offering, it's not always down to your GM. It's not always down to your sales and marketing team. And it doesn't always mean that you need to have a huge investment in order to make wellness successful. It does mean that you need to go back to the drawing board. You need to do different things and You need to think very differently. And what I find useful when I'm looking at my clients wellness concepts is what I call the realisticity and the potential of the wellness concept. The potential of the wellness concept has got to do with the soft aspects of the concept. For example, the vision, the mission, the purpose Truly understand what your owners want, what your GM wants, what the brand wants, what direction are they headed, because that is going to let you know whether the concept you are thinking is right for this hotel is actually right for it or it has the potential to flourish. And then once we've seen that our wellness concept has the potential to do incredibly well, it satisfies the wellness needs of our ideal guest and is in line with the vision and mission of our owners, of our brand, of our hotel, of our GM. The next aspect is incredibly important is to understand whether it's realistic to implement. Now, the realisticity is incredibly practical. It's to do with the hard, aspects of your concept. Do you have the infrastructure, that is facilities, the staff, the expertise, the funds, the space, the location, all those practical bits. And you have to make sure that your wellness concept has both the potential and the realisticity to be an asset. And when you have an asset, then you know you have the right concept that you can bet on. But what happens is when we enter into a new job or into a new spa, we leave the concept the way it is. We don't touch anything. What we do do is we change aesthetic and what I call more the symptoms of the wellness business. So we change the brand we update the treatment menu, we change a few key staff. And we think that that decorative change is what's going to move the needle from one to 3% to 20 to 30%. And that is what I call quick fixes. Quick fixes are incredibly costly. They might give you some quick results, but that's all they are, quick fixes. If we actually want to make a lasting impact in our business and to move that needle substantially, we're going to have to go a lot deeper. And we have to go beyond thinking that we're selling treatments, products and services we have to think far beyond that. What strategic collaborations can we put into place? Because the reality is that if we do not report profits, if we do not report the top line, and if we're not making the impact we want, our wellness businesses will never be successful. And we will always have that crystal ceiling set incredibly low, and we will continue to be that specialist leader that is one of the lowest-paid specialist leaders in a hotel. Now, I hope you found today's session useful because what I did, you know, just to highlight incredibly important, I talk a lot about how wellness only makes one to three percent. And I find in there that yes, half of that has been something that has not been within our control. But I also think a strong percentage of that is because we as wellness leaders have not employed the correct business strategies in order to make our wellness businesses work. And I would encourage all our wellness leaders to take quite seriously the fact that creating that right concept from that get-go is incredibly important. And when we just treat the symptom and not the root cause of the business, then we're always gonna be that department or business unit that only makes one to 3% of total hotel revenue. So go back to your drawing boards, make sure that your wellness concepts are both have the potential to be successful and incredibly realistic to implement, if not, edit until you get to that point. And on that lovely note, I wish you all a fantastic day ahead. Take care now. So to recap the session, not having the right concept in place is what is causing us wellness leaders to be that lowest paid specialist leader in hotels and to have the crystal ceiling set so low. The problem with having the wrong concept is twofold. First, No matter what we try, change prices, upgrade menus, train teams, etc., that wellness concept simply won't be successful. We can try all the tactics in the world, but a liability will always be a liability. And second, we as wellness leaders find ourselves spinning in the eternal loop of either arming up, shutting down, or tapping out because no matter what we try we simply don't see the results. Now, we clearly do not want to continue in this vicious cycle. We want to be leaders of businesses that are significant value and revenue contributors. But in order to do that, we must stop insisting on treating the symptoms of our wellness business and instead tackle the root cause, that is ensuring we have an asset from the get-go. And on that inspiring note... I wish you all a fantastic day ahead. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. If you want to know whether your hotel is ready to meet the growing demand for wellness experiences, both for your guests and your employees, then my Essence Scorecard is the perfect tool for you head over to spa-balance.com forward slash essence scorecard and get yourself a free and accurate temperature reading of your hotel's readiness to meet the wellness needs of your people and your guests. It's a valuable self-audit that not only helps you create a profitable wellness asset, but also promote a culture of genuine wellness for your team.